2: Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. What goes to the boards, though, the Rangers. There's Drury after it in the corner. Drury spun it out in front. There's the shot. Blocked in front. Rebound. goal oh!
1: Buffalo scores! with 7.7 seconds to go! Oh, brother!
2: Teams of the day, we're talking Islanders, Rangers, Devils, and obviously, Marty, there was no way we were going to pass up an opportunity to relive that moment again right now. Man. Pretty
1: amazing. Pretty amazing. And I remember... Watching this game on TV. I remember the RJ call, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Lindy Ruff's press conference after the game when he talks about, and we know Maxim enough is going to score in overtime. But when he talks about everything that had to go right for the Drury goal to happen to, mm. and he oh. singled out Thomas Vanek. But the fact that Vanek was about to go for the puck right, and then he saw Drury and Vanek lift his left leg just ever slightly and open it up and Drury was able to put it in and score and I remember Lindy saying like to Thomas Vanek having the presence of mind to to turn his body in a way for the door to open for Drury to score like i I wasn't even on the team and i I remember people asking me what be honest do you want the sabers to win a cup absolutely i was like i want them to win a cup i'm part of this team i wasn't a part of this team, but i felt like a part of this team so i went through the ups and down with them throughout that series and uh, the ups ended up winning
2: pretty sure right there in the corner is where zubris won a battle for the puck yeah. off the face off and that's the overlooked thing in all of it right we yes. talk about it all the time. It's not the actual direction of the puck taken off of a faceoff. It's how you go about winning it after the fact. And it doesn't happen there without Zubris. And well, well, here's
1: my contribution to this game because I got traded so that the Sabres would have enough money on the cap to be able to get Damian, Z- Damian Zubris. So there's my mm-hmm. contribution. I was factoring on the play because me being traded welcomed uh, Zubris into the team.
2: Yeah. By extension, you were there. And, you know, as that we would all... have been a
1: penalty in, in the middle of the first period though. Zubris basically tackled a, a Ranger player down. That's why the Rangers were complaining about, but yeah. look at him grabbing whoever I think the was... other guy
2: might've grabbed first, but anyway, it's neither here nor there. Let's not ruin I love it. Story. I
1: love it. Let him play. Let him play boys.
2: Okay. So all time, the Sabres are 87, 73 and 39 against the New York Rangers. Now, yeah. The Rangers um, have a distinct place in Sabres playoff history. Okay. Did you know that there are only three teams that Buffalo has multiple playoff series wins against, yet zero? Playoff series losses against Buffalo's two and oh, all time against the Rangers in postseason play. The first being a 78 best of three, and then obviously the 07, incredibly memorable one that we just talked about. Who are the other two teams that Buffalo has? And they're in the West, two and O franchise playoff records against.
1: Oh, wow. Um, I'm gonna say the Minnesota North Stars.
2: Nope, lost to them,
1: lost to them. Okay. Uh, they're in the West. Mm
2: -hmm. These were early, early days back when you had one through 16.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All
2: prelim series and
1: the California golden seals.
2: (laughs) No, they were never good enough to make it Chicago (laughs) and Vancouver are the only two other ones. Yeah. And both. I kept thinking in
1: the East, like, Oh no, you remember? Well, actually that year the Sabres lost to Ottawa, but they had beaten Ottawa in the previous matchups. The Montreal Mm. Canadians, obviously, you know, they they the Canadians were strong <laughs> in the mm-hmm. part of the Sabres history, so that wouldn't have happened either.
2: Well, uh the great Gilbert Perrault, uh, thirty goals and sixty-one lifetime games against the Rangers, more than a point a game, is the leader there. Hoshik and Miller, thirteen wins apiece against the Rangers. Jerry Desjardins, my goodness, seven oh and three lifetime against yep. the Rangers, and Marty Baron, seven, two and three. It would appear you enjoyed that
1: matchup. I love playing at MSG more like more than any other building. MSG was always fun from the walking into the building and and it's still the same way. You get dropped off at, at street level, the corner of 34th Street and 7th Avenue, and then you got to walk up the ramp. And by the time you get to the end of the ramp, you're kind of winded a little bit. And back in the days when the circus was still at MSG, sometimes in the middle of the season, you'd get up to the top of the ramp and there'd be a couple of elephants, maybe zebras. There would be like all kinds of animals up there, uh which Any was unicorns? cool. There's no unicorns. Uh well, I mean, you could put a unicorn and a zebra and call it a unicorn, but... Oh, there you go. Just because you wanted that graphic to come on TV uh, on MSG. That's awesome. Uh, but it was it was cool. The, the locker rooms before the renovations was basically two rooms. You had a room with the defensemen and the goaltenders, and then you had a room with the forwards. And I loved it because I didn't have to deal with the crazy forwards. And, you know, it was us, the D and the goalies. We were in a room together. That was awesome. And I remember one game, Duffer. I played at wow. MSG early in my career, maybe 99-2000. Had a really, really good game. And after the game, I was asked to go to the American Express uh studio and got interviewed by John Davidson. And I got a card, a hundred dollar gift card from American Express. I remember giving it to Jim Pizzatelli as a thank you for everything that he did for me and all of that. But um man, what a what a thrill. You're the visiting team, and I got to go in the studio with John Davidson and get a post-game interview. It was like wearing that Hockey Nine Canada towel around your neck.
2: You know, the first ever playoff series between the Sabres and Rangers in 78 featured J.D. at one end of the ice and Don Edwards at the other. The Sabres won the best of three, two out of three. And yet it was actually the the Rangers were good. And the next year they went all the way to the final and lost to Montreal. So, I mean, and J.D. was just kind of carving out his. His place in New York sports history, really, at that time. I mean, they would never have got to the final in 79 without his his brilliance. And He was, yeah, he he, was brilliant. He, he, was, he, he was a legend in the making, for sure. Um, I saw now, Dominic not-
1: Aschak make one of his best save at MSG against the Rangers on Manny Malholtra. Mm-hmm. And Manny Malholtra was just a rookie. We're talking about 98, 99, maybe. And I was in the stands. I got called up in case uh, somebody was sick or hurt, but I didn't play. And Malhotra was in the slot and Dom was laying on his right side, kind of a two pad stack with laying on his right arm, light shoulder. Malhotra took a step to his left and Dom decided to do the windmill pads over and made the save on the other side. And Malhotra was like, (laughs) like his face was just a bewilderness. It was so awesome. I was sitting in the middle of Rangers fans and they were like, we're not worthy like their RJ yeah. call because of Dominic Ashick save.
2: Yeah. Now, very, very quickly. Otherwise, we're not going to talk the devils. Um, You <laughs> did have a less than memorable night against the Rangers yeah. at home. Is that correct?
1: It is correct. It was November 22nd in 2005. And my, like In the middle of my 13 consecutive start uh, win streak. Um, Mika Noronen started a game and late in the third period, early overtime, he started to get hurt, like he pulled a groin or something. So we go into a shootout and Marty Stracker comes in on the first shot and he scores. And then Lindy goes, Marty, you're going in. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm going in for what, the shootout? He goes, yeah. He goes, Mika's hurt. You're going in. The referee won't allow the change. But in the end, they allow the change. First player I saw was uh, Michael Nylander, he came in and he decided to just go to the forehand. He scored. I I, I mean, seriously, last time I saw a shot was like three and a half hours ago. And Nylander comes in and then we're still in the game, right? Yaramir Yagres has to come in and score to win it for the Rangers. And I'm thinking my best chance on Yags is probably to try a poke check. I tried to poke check. He shot at blogger side and ended up sitting in the net and the game was over. So I lost the game technically in overtime, but it wasn't a start. So it didn't affect my consecutive uh, 13 game streak of winning right. uh, as, as a starter.
2: Right. Now, quickly, and you know, that, that was a tough one, tough way to lose, obviously, for the team. And for you, coming in cold in that situation, the Devils and Sabres history features still just that one playoff matchup to date back in 1994. Yep. Memorable Game 6 win for Buffalo and Dave Hannon, but a loss in Game 7. I suspect that in the very near future, we're going to see Devils-Sabres again in the postseason, head-to-head. I think we're long I overdue um, when it comes to all-time head-to-head. 59, 59, and 24, Buffalo and New Jersey since the Devils started in 82, Don't say my record
1: against the Devils, please. Don't mention my record. Uh, well, I
2: may get there. Um, what was interesting to me was that Mike Foligno, the all-time, I mean, not all-time, but like one of the greatest goal scorers ever against 17 in 22 head-to-head games. Ooh. Like, so Mike was dominant against them. Rasmus Dallin has been elite in his young career, 18 points in 18 games against New Jersey. Uh-huh. Who could forget Ethan Prowse, and? debut first goal first game against new jersey and he scores the goal ryan miller just above 500 Hashik, just above 500 tom barrasso 9 1 and 1 i guess that's what gets you into the hall of fame and yes. his two cups and marty baran two six and two uh-huh. as a saber against the devils
1: Oh, I I didn't fear fear good against the Devils. I hated playing in the Meadowlands and at Air at the Airline Arena, and it was just a law of a building, bad locker room. Oh, it was just awful. But I do remember I do remember a game against the Devils in 2003 2004, the season before the lockout, the first season where Tom Galasanu was the owner of the team. He decided it'd be fun to have a Sabers regular season game in New Jersey. So uh, not in New Jersey, in Rochester against the New Jersey Devils. So it became the Rory Fitzpatrick versus Brian Gianta kind of bowl, right? Because two Rochester native. Head to head against one another, so we had a two-two tie on November the twelfth, two thousand and three, in Rochester in front of a packed house, eleven thousand five hundred, I believe. But what I remember out of this is the ice was really bad. The ice was like not NHL ready. It was hot in the building, and the Devils and Marty Brodeur especially kept complaining because Brodeur loved playing the puck and he couldn't handle the puck. The D's had a tough time handling the puck. But uh, I read a quote of mine. I pulled up the game and I read a quote of mine today. I made like 35 saves on 37 shots or something like two, two tied good game. Mm -hmm. And I said, and and I quote myself here. It's terrible. Well, I knew they were a good team. So I was going to need to come up with a couple of big saves, which I did give us a tie. (laughs) What was I doing? Like I, I told I told reporters that I had a good game and I made a couple of big saves and that's why we had a tie. Like brutal, very, very brutal.
2: Oh, You've come a long way since then with the gift <laughs> of the gab, haven't you? Uh,
1: well, maybe a little bit better, but that uh, just an embarrassing quote in the paper. That's for sure.
2: Oh man. Anything else uh, from a sight? I mean, it was a home game for you. You're an Amherst Hall of Famer after all. You were yeah. back in Rochester. Like... For some, especially goaltenders, it might be an awkward transition lighting wise, sight lines, that kind of stuff. I'm assuming you felt pretty comfortable.
1: Felt pretty comfortable. It was fun. It was fun playing in front of a packed house. Reminded me of my, you know, like days with uh, the Amherst and uh, the packed houses in the playoffs. It was, it was definitely awesome. Uh, Again, quickly, Continental Airline Arena hated the place, hated the place when I even didn't, wasn't playing. I was the backup. Mm -hmm. If you were the backup on the bench, I literally wore my mask as the backup on the bench when we played in New Jersey, because there was the photo boot was next to you. There was no glass from about the ash marks on inside the zone to the bench. Every time a D came around the net and took a full slap shot to clear the zone, it came on the bench. It was one of the most dangerous location for the backup goaltender to be in.
2: Well, quite a theme of Rochester being woven through our show today. It was a tie back then between the Sabres and Devils in Rochester It was a tie yesterday at the Amherst Alumni Tournament, but somehow we got the tiebreaker. We're back to wrap after this on Sabres
1: Live. Stay with us. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.